الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن والاهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد فقد قال جل وعلا في كتابه المجيد وفرقانه الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا إذا نودي للصلاة من يوم الجمعة فاسعوا إلى ذكر الله وذروا البيع ذلكم خير لكم إن كنتم تعلمون وعن أوس بن أوس رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن من أفضل أيامكم يوم الجمعة فأكثروا علي من الصلاة فيه فإن صلاتكم معروضة علي أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام My honorable listeners Brothers and sisters at home, it is indeed the witness of human nature that when he's favored with a bounty, occasionally he values it, he treasures it, he appreciates it. Yet very strange and ironical is when he's given the same bounty more often and more common, he becomes ungrateful to the bounty. He becomes immune to the bounty or it, at least it trivializes the significance and the merit of that bounty. Now, by way of example, the Muslims across the globe, both religious and irreligious, so to say pious and non-pious, conscious and negligent, collectively honor, respect, and revere both the Eid, and rightfully so. So people, they take off from work, they dedicate the day uh, to ibadat, spend the night preceding the Eid in Ibadat. That's wonderful. But how many Muslims are there and leave the irreligious Muslims? How many Muslims are there who supposedly form the religious category of this Ummah that truly respect and honor the day of Jummah, which is a bounty granted to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every week? And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in merit and in virtue, it surpasses both the Eid. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, إِنَّهُمْ لَمْ يَحْسُدُونَ عَلَىٰ شَيْءٍ كَمَا حَسَدُونَ عَلَىٰ الْجُمْعَةِ That we've been envied by other nations for many bounties that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, but we've not been envied for anything greater as much as we've been envied for the, for the, for the day of Jum'ah. إِنَّهُمْ لَمْ يَحْسُدُونَ عَلَىٰ شَيْءٍ كَمَا حَسَدُونَ عَلَىٰ الْجُمْعَةِ We have not been envied by other nations for any bounty as much as we have been envied for the auspiciousness, the merit, and the virtue of the day of Jum'ah. Now let me try to digress a little bit here, uh, my beloved listeners. It is no secret that some few weeks or days, let me say a month and 22 days ago, it was from those amongst days which were challenging for a believer. On one hand, people around the globe look towards the year and parties, the Christmas festivities, etc. But on the other hand, respected listeners, for a believer and for a mu'min, a person who's concerned of his iman, and those are some of the days which are challenging. On the past days or few weeks around the globe, the people were competing to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the competition, it was all about having the best party, 
the best, uh, the most amount of fun. And unfortunately, the concept of fun in the dunya today is synonymous to sin, vice, and disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in competing to have the best holiday, or the best time, or the best bash, or the most amount of fun, in essence, people were actually competing how to outdo each other in the dis- disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As believers and as Muslims, we are taught to compete with each other in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah says, فَاسْتَبِقُ الْخَيْرَاتِ In the Quran, Allah speaks about people of Jannah and the path of Jannah and those pathways which lead a person to Jannah. And those deeds that are a means of a person entering Jannah. And Allah also speaks about the pathways and those causes and means of a person entering into Jannah. And there is no road in between my brothers. And what I'm trying to say is that if a person doesn't save himself from those things, then automatically he has taken a path to Jahannam. Allah says, it's for those people who disobey, those people who commit Turiani, those who transgress uh, the bounds, those limits set by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَآثَرَ الْحَيَاةَ dunya. they prefer the worldly life, in other words, all the attractions of the world, all the embellishments, all the merrymaking, all the fun, sin and vice, that takes place on earth, they prefer that. That it means he has taken the path that is towards Jahannam. فَإِنَّ الْجَحِيمَ هِيَ الْمَأْوَى Then Jahannam is that person's abode. He will end up in Jahannam. On the other hand, وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَهَ النَّفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَى But as for that person who feared standing in front of Allah, when these opportunities come in front of him, he remembers that he is going to go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and answer for his deeds. He feared standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he stopped himself and held himself back. He restrained himself from following his desires. Then for that person, Jannah is that person's abode. Speaking about desires, Imam Abdullah ibn Mubarak rahmatullahi alayhi says so beautifully, that it is a sign of a very great calamity upon you. That there is no end, ending sight for your desires. Whatever is your desire and your hawa is just following. And there is no end to that. This is a sign of great calamity going to befall you. Then Imam Abdullah ibn Mubarak, he rephrases it for us. That a person like this who gives in to every dictate of his nafs, to every desire that he has, is actually a slave. A slave is a man who has been enslaved by his nafs and shahwat and desires. Al-abdu, abdu nafs fi shahwatiha. And who is a free person? Wal-hurru yashba'u marratan wa yaju'u. A free person is a person who sometimes eats to his fill. And sometimes he has this amount of control over himself that he can skip a meal also. In other words, a person who may be forced to fall into sin and on, other, 
on other occasions he's able to control himself. So this was a little bit of a digress because of those people who follow non-Islamic celebrations and festivities whilst we got our beloved deen and sharia and sunnah to follow. So much so that our prophet said, the other nations, they envy us. إِنَّهُمْ لَمْ يَحْصُدُونَ عَلَى شَيْءٍ كَمَا حَصَدُونَ عَلَى جُمَعَةٍ They envy us for our auspiciousness, the merity and the virtue of the day of Jum'ah. Now, if you study a hadith, you will know the virtue of Jum'ah, it dates back to the very inception of creation and universe. Amongst the Arabs, there was a man by the name of Kaab ibn Lu'ay, who features high up in the ancestry of the Prophet close to five centuries before the arrival of the Prophet He is the Prophet's great-great-great-great-grandfather, and he routinely would gather the Arabs on a Friday, and he would deliver a khutbah thought of to stimulate some uh, form of spirituality. The hadith appears both in Musnad and Mustadrak on the authority of Aws ibn Aws, the Prophet said, The noblest day in the life of a believer undoubtedly is a Friday. Allah created your father Adam on a Friday, and to be more specific, on a Friday prior to sunset. This is what we learn from a hadith, the time that Sayyidina Adam السلام, was created. Adam السلام, he passed on, he passed away on a Friday. The trumpet will be blown on a Friday. The subsequent unconsciousness that will greet humanity will happen on a Friday. The first thing you ought to do amongst others is a mark of respect for Friday. The Prophet says, increase your recitation of salutations upon me. For verily your salutations they are presented before me. The Sahaba said, Prophet of Allah, We understand while you are alive, we invoke the blessings of Allah upon you. But once you have passed on and your body has decayed and decomposed, how will our salutations reach you? He, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Master of Creation says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ حَرَّبَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ أَنْ تَأْكُلَ أَجْسَادَ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ He said, Allah has made it forbidden for the ground to eat on the flesh of a Nabi, and Allah has made it forbidden for the insects of the earth to feed on the flesh of a Nabi. Now, our beloved uh, listeners, perhaps many of us have heard of a great scholar, Abu Abdullah Muhammad ibn al-Hasan al-Busayri, rahimahullah. He was suffering from uh, paralysis. His entire body was paralyzed. So he composed many couplets in the beauty of our master, Habibuna Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, asking Allah to invoke salutations. One Thursday night, the night preceding the day of Jumu'ah, he decided to devote the night to sending salutations to the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he started reciting with great love and attachment and bond. The praises and the salutations of Habibuna Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, 
while doing so, he was overpowered by sleep. And in the sleep, he sees the vision of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He explains to the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, of his paralysis, of his body, the sickness that he's experiencing. The Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, gently rubs his hand over his body. And Allah instantly, instantly cures him. Subhanallah. Allah cures him. When he awakens from his sleep, he finds a scarf on his side. He finds the scarf that was given to him in the dream. And it is for this very same reason that this poem is known as Qasida Burda, which enjoys recognition across the globe. Now in the morning, as he walks out in the marketplace, a very pious person comes to him and he says, recite for me those couplets and those praises that you have sent upon uh, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa So Imam Basayri says, well, I have sent lots of salutations. Which one are you referring to? He said, last night, what you sent on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa is he was listening to you attentively in your dream. So was I listening to you. So he said, recite for me that uh, couplet. So Imam Bufayri starts reciting the couplets and he says, Alhamdulillahi munshi khalqi min adami thumma salatu ala al-mukhtari fi al-qidami. That all praise belong to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who created men from nothing and made the choicest blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon the noblest of humans. This qasida is known as qasida uh, burda and it is known worldwide and it is translated in English so that uh, the ummah can understand it. And uh, really, this uh, poem, or this qissa uh, of Imam Busayri, it inspired me so much so that when I went for my learners, my uh, eyesight is not so good, so they wanted to test me, uh, my eyesight. So whilst on the queue, I was, I remembered this qissa of Imam Busayri, and I started uh, reciting abundance of salutations upon Muhammad Habibuna Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And it also happened to be a Friday. As I was reading, I was reading and I came to the machine. Subhanallah, my eyesight was just so powerful. So this is, these are some of the benefits of salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The hadith appears in Tirmidhi. Ubayy ibn Ka'b is the narrator. He says that, Kana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when a third of the night would pass, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would stand up and would say, Ya ayuhan nas, O people, udhkurullah, remember Allah, ja'atil rajifa, the first call of the trumpet of Israfil, had sounded, tatba'waha rajifa, which will be followed by the next call, ja'atil mawtu bimafih, with it comes death, and whatever death comprises, so I, uh, meaning the, the narrator, Ubayy uh, bin Ka'b, is saying that, uh, I said to the Prophet Sallallahu while you are close to me and I have the opportunity, I want to share something with you. I make it a point of sending abundance of salutations upon you. How much time should I allocate daily or weekly towards salutations upon you? The Prophet Sallallahu said, ما Whatever you're comfortable to do, that will be good for you. I said, al If I devote a quarter of my time to 
sending salutations upon you. He said, Ma shi'ta fa in zitta fa huwa khayrul lak. If you are comfortable with the quota, that's great. However, if you increase it, it's better for you and not for me. You increasing salutations, you're doing yourself good. I said, O oh, Prophet of Allah, if I make it half my time in salutations, he said, Ma shi'ta fa in zitta fa huwa khayrul lak. Whatever you're comfortable, it's your prerogative. But the more you read, better for you. I said, O oh, Prophet of Allah, I'm going to devote all my time to salutations upon you. Even tukfa hammak wa yughfaru The Prophet said, Then consider all your sins forgiven and all your worries removed. If you devote all your time to salutations upon your beloved uh, Habibuna Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, a humble request or suggestion that I would like to make to our listeners is that uh, while we're traveling, we're all passionate to hear the news, to hear the spots. Now, I do think that by the grace of Allah, may Allah accept it, and I share it with the brothers and the listeners, that on a Friday is a mark of discipline to the auspiciousness of this day, that Friday... While I'm driving, I will not be listening to any news or any spots. And that time, while I commute from point A to point B, how about me devoting the time to sending salutations at, upon Habibuna Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? So my brothers, let's make niya. Inshallah, we start from today. That we're going to make this our point of uh, starting our day on a, on a Juma. Now, the next virtue of the auspiciousness of this day, the hadith appears in Muwatta Imam Malik, Abu Huraira is the narrator, and he was discussing this hadith to a person called Kaab. Kaab Ahdar was a person prior to accepting Islam, was well versed in the, with the divine scriptures. So Abu Huraira says, I heard the Prophet saying, خَيْرُ يَوْمٍ طَلَعَتْ عَلَيْهِ الشَّمْسُ يَوْمُ الْجُمْعَةِ That the noblest day on which the sun has ever risen is a Friday. In, in the riwayat of Ibn Majah, on the strength of Abu Baba Ibn Abdul Mundir, the Prophet said, Inna yawma al-jum'a That just is, I am a leader of humanity, Friday is the leader of all days that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. And that this day it holds more merit in the eyes of Allah than both the Eid. خَلَقَ اللَّهُ فِيهِ آدَمُ Allah created Adam on this day. أُهْبِطَ إِلَى الْأَرْضِ Adam was sent to the earth on this day. فِيهِ تِيبَ عَلَيْهِ Allah accepted the repentance and the tawbah of Adam on this day. فِيهِ مَاتَ Adam, he passed away on this day. فِيهِ تَقُومُ السَّاعَةِ The final hour of Qiyamah happens on this, on this day. مَا مِنْ دَابَّةٍ at the break of the dawn on Friday, every creature becomes hysterical. They become nervous that perhaps today could be the last day. And in the riwayat of Ibn Majah, the Prophet said, Just not every creature, but every creation. That the the mountains around you, the bird above you, the seas on the side, the clouds above you, every creation 
becomes tense that perhaps today is qiyama illa al-jinn wal ins with the exception of uh, mankind and jinkind it makes no difference to his life then abu huraira radiyallahu anhu said the prophet sallallahu said fihi sa'atun la yuwafiquha abdun muslim wa fi riwayah la yusadifuha abdun muslim wa huwa yusalli that in this friday there's a moment of acceptance and a believer who supplicate Allah on that moment, provided it happens whilst he's in salah. Ma lam yas'al haraman, and he's not asking for something unlawful, he must consider that prayer answered and his request granted. So Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu says, when I quoted this hadith, Ka'b responded. He said, وَذَلِكَ فِي كُلِّ سَنَةٍ يَوْمٌ I guess so that moment happens once per annum. So one Friday in a year, you got a moment of acceptance. Abu Huraira radiallahu anh says, قُلْتُ لَا بَلْ فِي كُلِّ جُمْعَ He says, no, no. This happens every Friday. With Allah, there's no such, uh, there's no restrictions. Why stocks last, uh, come early, avoid disappointments? No, no. It doesn't work with Allah like that. إِنَّ هَذَا لَرِزْقُنَا مَا لَهُ مِنْ Allah said, it's an ending, you come and you got it. So Ka'b, Said, let me go back to the to my sources in the Torah, because he was well versed in the Torah. He went back to the Torah. The riwayat in Mu'tah Imam Malik says, "Taqara Ka'bun Torata." He reflected through the pages of Torah. He came back and he said, "Sadaq Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam." The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam spoke in the truth that the Torah confirms. The Friday, that every Friday has a moment of acceptance. Now Abu Huraira said, we ended the discussion, ibn then I met Abdullah ibn Salam, who also prior to accepting Islam, was also a priest. I said, you know what, I had a dialogue with Kaab, that we were debating this moment of acceptance on a Friday. And then obviously I got him to understand the light of hadith that it's not one to a year, but rather it's one to every Friday. So Abdullah ibn Salam said, but that's correct. But you know what? I can elevate the debate to a different level. So I said, what is it? He said, I can tell you when that moment is. Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu says, أَخْبِرْنِي أَيَّ سَاعَةٍ هِيَا If you get me specific and tell me exactly when it is, I'll be more grateful. He said, هِيَا آخِرُ سَاعَةٍ مِنْ يَوْمِ الْجُمْعَةٍ It is the last few moments on a day of Friday when unfortunately many of us are negligent of Salat al-Asr and Allah forbid we don't follow it with Maghrib. As I mentioned earlier that the bounty that comes occasionally the religious and non-religious are all searching for the night of Laylatul Qadr. The masajid are full. But how many are they that are searching for the moment of acceptance on a Friday? Faltamisuha, the riwayah of Abu Dawood. Faltamisuha, akhira sa'atin min al-jum'ah. Search for this moment on the last moments on, or last few hours of a Friday. So Abu Huraira radiyallahu anhu said, I interjected. He says, I said, Abdullah ibn Salam, I can't digest this. 
you telling me that the moment of acceptance uh, after Asr, between Asr and Maghrib, but I sense a degree of contradiction. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لَا يُصَادِفُهَا عَبْدٌ مُسْلِمٌ وَهُوَ يُصَلِّ وَتِلْكَ السَّاعَةُ لَا يُصَلَّى فِيهَا The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, whoever will supplicate Allah on that moment while in prayer, his prayer is accepted. Now, the time between Asr and Maghrib is the time as you suggest. But in the hadith, it indicates that you've got to be in prayer. You've got to be praying. And the time between Asr and Maghrib is not a time of salah. So how do you marry the two? So he answered, and he says, He is not the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man jalasa majlisan yantadhiru salah fahuwa fi salatin hatta yusalli. That once you have entered a masjid, awaiting to perform salah, you are in salah. Once you have entered the masjid, and in another hadith of Ibn Majah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inna allaha yubahi malaikatahu biman qada faridatan wa jalasa yantadiru ukhra. That Allah boasts to his angels that creation of his who after discharging one obligation, passionately awaits for the arrival of the next salah so that he can immediately discharge it. So that's the second thing that uh, we ought to do on a Friday, that is searching for that moment of acceptance on a Friday. For today, inshallah, I would like to, uh, to emphasize to our beloved listeners that uh, they've got to be sending salutations upon our Habibuna Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and also, we got to be uh, searching for that moment of acceptance of du'as that is between Asr and Maghrib. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us tawfiq really to uh, put this into our lives, inshallah. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.